to part two of our two-part episode with Ava Page, where we continue our talk on streaming platforms. You can check out part one now everywhere you listen to your podcasts. There's still a lot of people that yeah. don't have iPhones. They don't have like the Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a lot it, of people listen on Spotify. Yeah, so and, and if you do listen on Spotify, you know, no shame to you. I mean, you know, I, my brother uses Spotify and he has a musician for a sister. So, um, but just again, if you want to support your your artists that you love i'm sure they have options out there i know i have a patreon i have like you yeah. like instagram members all this sort of stuff um or buy merch go to shows yeah. support live mm-hmm. um stuff like that but um yeah spotify just needs to pull their head out yeah. of it so uh, yeah. <laughs> come on then we might get, get, get us there. a scent please just I hear, a scent uh, i hear napster is uh trying to make a comeback yeah something um, like that yeah so with they're, they're making a streaming platform though yes yeah I forget but what it's called. i think part of that is is to do with spotify and yeah they're trying i mean i think now if you're coming into the business from that side of things you have to you have to follow the way of like tidal yeah, yeah. um because people you're going to get criticized yep. straight if you come in and go well actually we're just going to pay the same as this you can't you know yeah. i don't think there's a place for that anymore i think the the worth is starting to be seen and i'm yeah. really hoping as well that you know with the podcast people see everything that comes be, you know before you go listen to that song on any streaming platform all the work that goes into that oh, because yeah. it's you know it's 4 or 5 hours in a writers room it's an hour round trip to get to the writer's room. It's could the... be multiple sessions. Right. Could be multiple, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Could be, you know, multiple rewrites. The studio time, gosh, the studio time. It could take, you know, for one song, probably over 15 people have put their hands on it. Yeah. Whether that be the master recording, mixing, the actual recording itself, the writers, mm-hmm. the, you know, there, there's so much that goes into a song. Takes that, a village. Yeah, there's, there is thousands of hours of work in three and a half minutes. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to think about, you know, just, you know, it's hard to get paid. <laughs> just pay <laughs> right. those people. But, I mean, that's just... And I think one of the yeah. hurdles... Uh, for independent artists as well is knowing that side of it though as well because we're in a day and age now where there is a lot more weight on an artist than there ever was absolutely you know you you can't have everyone do everything for you i mean like social media platforms no one wants to see your manager or your PR person like no one wants to see them popping up on tiktok going hi this is ava's tiktok like they don't want to see that person. Exactly. They want to see you. Yeah. That's your time. Um, and it's it's become a a much more intensive... Yes. Um, so, how deep do I get into this? So, um, the music industry has changed a lot. So, basically, as an independent artist and other independent artists can, can relate to this as well. So, back in the day, back in, like the 90s or the 2000s or it kind of started changing around the 2010s but back then it would be oh us as a label like this artist and we want to develop them and so they would go to 
artist and say, hi, artist, we like you. We're such and such label. We want to invest in you and we want to, you know, put money behind you and we think you can do well. Artists would go yay or nay. Um, and then they would introduce them to their team and they would help, you know, develop that artist. They would help get them into writing rooms. They would help, you know, do this, do that and, you know, like build that artist up. And they would put their sole focus on that one artist. Flash forward to 2010s, writer artists started becoming a big thing where all the artists that were, you know, that could do the artist thing were also writers previously and writing for other artists. And more revenue got from that. And slowly but surely, Napster came out, streaming started coming out, and pirating music started coming out, and labels started bleeding money. And so they're like, oh, this sort of thing is profitable because we on we don't not only get the 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 label side of that that money tree, revenue tree, we also get the writer side of that mon revenue tree. And so let's have these artists be writers. Flash forward to now all we have is streaming platforms. There's almost no, you know, physical copies of anything anymore. They, you know, have run out of money on that side. So they had to figure out another way. And that is TikTok artist. Mm -hmm. So back again in the 90s, your sole focus would, would be on that one artist and developing them into they have a legacy career. These days, labels will, I kid you not, go on TikTok, find 10 people that are blowing up, sign all 10 of them, put a little bit of money behind all of them, hope one person comes, like, breaks out of that, and then drop the rest. It's. And so it's it's become just a game of, oh, who has the best TikTok numbers? Yeah. And who has the best Spotify numbers? And who has this? It's, and it's brutal. It's brutal. It is brutal because it's not about the song anymore. It's so just like, okay, what can I do to hop on a trend to get the algorithm to like me so that people will actually pay attention? Now, do you think that being in Nashville, like being present here in Nashville in front of people, um, that that changes like the the weight of a song like a song still holds some pull here yes and no so it helps your career to be here i do believe like you can make it if you live anywhere honestly i think if you play this if you play the social media game that is right um you know you hear like oh you need to be in nashville to ever have a hope no you, you really don't it's like if, if you post on social media you can make connections zoom writing is still a big thing and you can you know you can do that i think it's much more effective to be here if you can be here because the the music community here is so strong and you will get networking opportunities mm -hmm. that you never thought you'd ever get here in town and you can make those in-person connections yes. like as yes. as great and look we we all learned a lot over covid yes you know, um, <laughs> which a lot that i would rather have not have learned and just not had covid but yeah um we did you know we learned a lot about how do you communicate in those scenarios yes. uh, and actually my work as of the first of january um i am now fully remote um as opposed to we were in the office yeah. one day a week and you know, I kind of hate it because <laughs> yeah, you miss as that much, community. There is, as yeah. much as you can talk to someone over a Zoom call and you can see someone's face, it is not the same as physically sitting in front of someone and get that. It's a very Absolutely. different connection, yeah. and it's a it's a much more personal connection. You know, yes, um, and yeah. I think that is i don't know where i was going with this yeah but it, it is it is a it's a much more personal connection but the weight of a nashville song though mm -hmm. has hmm, not diminished 
but it's like, I don't know how to explain this properly. There's so many of us here. Yeah. There are so many. Saturated. Literally, at at this moment that we're recording this, there's probably over 150 songs that are being written at this exact moment. Right. And so, heck, it's freaking 3 o'clock. And so, um, they're probably just getting done, like, with their first session going to a second one. And so, it's it's crazy. But, um, I still say there's a magic here that cannot be replicated. I don't know if it's, like... If you walk into a studio and say, I wrote this song in Nashville, it's like, okay, you know, so many, yeah. But there's a certain magic here that is just, you know, when you walk into any blank, you can't throw a stone in Nashville and not hit a musician. I mean, we're all here for one purpose, Mm -hmm. and that is to create music. And so that is special, and that that is amazing. But um, there's definitely a thing that cannot be replicated here. And I think it's, I like to call Nashville a big, small town. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's just like... You know, everybody kind of knows each other, but the just the community here is special, and really you, is. you you can make it anywhere, mm-hmm. but here is just a, is a special little. It, little it thing. is, and you know, I'm probably going to end up mentioning this on every episode, but only because it's so true. Is that I I've found the the people within the music industry, specifically in Nashville, everyone is so welcoming, right? Like, yes. it, it doesn't yeah. matter what stage of your career you're in. People just want to help people. Now, I'm not saying you don't get the anomalies. There's always yeah, those people. If you look for um, the a-holes, you're going to find right. the a-holes. I mean, it's just like they're there. But as a general rule, yeah. I mean, you know, rewind all the way back to that one night when Kelly Clarkson turned Yeah. Up. You know, she could have... She just she, chill. She could have very easily... She didn't have to be rude, but she could have very easily just been like, you know what, I don't want to do karaoke like I'm here with my family. Yeah. And... You know, also that would have been totally fair. Um, but there is a real sense of community here. Yeah. Um, we all know that we're all just trying to achieve music. Like right. we're, we're all just trying to make it in this crazy dream that we all mm-hmm. share. And so it's like the least we could do is help each other out. Exactly. And so there there are definitely some stuff in that. Na- like there's some things in Nashville that I, that I dislike. And I mean, it's my hometown, so I can't say like I, I don't... You know, you hear all the, the hate songs about yeah. Nashville. And it's like, yeah, we, we have our flaws. We, we Nowhere's perfect. Exactly. But, man, the people here are good. Yeah. And they are good-hearted people that just want to create. And it's just like the, the community is, again, it's, just, it's wonderful. It really is. And, again, if you look for the jerks, you're going to find them because they are here. <laughs> they are definitely here. But majority of people that you find are just good, down-to-earth people. That they really are, and I, yeah, I mean, there, there really is nowhere else yeah. in the world like it. And, and you just I walk down to Mumbry and see Brett Eldridge walking his dog. She'll hey. just, just like talk to you, just be like, hey man, what you? <laughs> I remember coming out in when I used to travel back and forth, and I think it was, I want to say it was, I guess it was 2009. Um, and it was really like it was my first experience of Nashville, really. Um, and me and my friends are driving down the road. And Darius Rucker's just walking down the street yep. and we wind down the window and we're like, Darius! And he's like, hey! <laughs> and I just remember... <laughs> so chill, yeah. I, I just remember at that moment, like, having... Like, being the first time I was here and just being like, wait, what? Yeah. Well, um, it's... Now I'm, now I'm used to it. Everyone's yeah, everywhere. But... Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's so funny because the, Nashville is so... I mean, we, we don't have really paparazzi. I think... I, I yeah. think it, it, I think that makes a huge. If difference. I remember correctly, we have anti paparazzi laws in Tennessee. Oh, really? Okay. I think I'll have to double check on that. But I think like we literally have laws against we'll, paparazzi. We'll Google it and let yeah, you. Yeah, know. yeah. I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that that we have that. But everybody's just so chill. Where it's like, 
genuinely, even if you are a big time celebrity and you're walking down the street, it'll just be right. like, people will just be like, hey man, love your music. <laughs> just walk yeah, on. It's it. so funny. I've seen the funniest interactions between like big name people. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be like, Dude, just oh yeah, there there he goes. Okay, bye. Yeah. Just like cool. it, that, that was... yeah, it's just it's just Nashville. I mean, right. it's, people are so used to it at this point of just like oh yeah, my local coffee shop. Yeah, you know, Blake Shelton visitors all right. the time. Like yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It is. It's wild. Yeah. So going back to uh, the songwriting stuff, uh, you obviously you obviously write a lot, um, but you also go out and perform as an yes. artist a lot. But you've had you've had cuts. I have with yeah. your songs. Like I mean. How does that, for people that don't kind of know, again, how that process works, you know, you sit in, you're in your writing room, you've got this finished song, um, then you go demo it, mm-hmm. um, and then... Sometimes. Sometimes. I guess it depends, potentially, sometimes you're writing with artists. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, when you sit down in a writing room, we have writing sessions, right, where typically nothing's impromptu. It's usually planned out. So, sometimes writing sessions will be from 10 to 2, 10.30 to 2.30, you know, something like that. It's a couple hours. Um, sometimes they last seven hours, depending on who you're with, um, because we talk a lot. But typically, there's an artist in the room. Sometimes me and, like, there'll be multiple artists in the room. We'll just write something to write something. But a lot of times when we walk into the writing room, we know we have a direction for the day. Whether it be one of your friends that's writing for a project or I'm writing for a project mm-hmm. or we get pitch sheets every uh, like um, every month or so that sh- will show the artists in town that are looking for songs, that are looking for outside cuts. So we could be like, oh, Morgan Wallen is looking for his new album. Let's write something that he wants. What does he want? Oh, he wants a up-tempo song about a truck. I mean, like, there, there's there's just certain stuff that you can you can write towards, right? right? And then at that point, if you think that it's a good fit, you'll send it into his team and see what they, what they say. But, um... These days, it's a lot of inside cuts, um, which means the artist is in the room with you. So um, I'll be sitting down with an artist and they'll be like, hey, I need... I have right now six songs out of ten that I need for my album, and I'm lacking up tempos. So we'll target that and kind of let the artist take direction, okay. and then we'll help them tell the narrative they want to tell. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll schedule, you know, sync stuff where we'll sit down with you know a um, music supervisor and be like hey what do you need for this scene in your upcoming movie and they'll tell you okay we need something sometimes it can be very general like we just need a love song sometimes it could be legit super specific like they filmed a scene I had this situation once where they filmed a scene for a movie and they were dancing to this song, but they couldn't get rights to that song. So they needed a song at this exact BPM. So the dancing would time up right. right. But they needed a song at this exact BPM with exact concept because it was like a love, like a, a dancing, like prom mm-hmm. scene or whatever. And so they, they gave us literally specifics of what what they needed. Wow. And that was the most wild, right? Because, I mean, we literally had a metronome going and do timing you, it. Do you enjoy that, Rob? I than, do. Like, yeah, I, I mean, country will always have my heart, but I love writing other genres. I mean, you have to in Nashville because, right. I mean, if you're if you're just writing country, you're just writing one genre, you're yeah. missing out on seventy percent right. of the population. It, and yeah, and I mean, Nashville now, you know, it isn't it's just songwriting country. capital it's, of the country. It is, it's, not country. It's no longer just country. I mean, there was a time definitely where well, you come here and that's all you and that's well, all you even hear, back but... then. So Nashville got its its mark because of the studios and because of the studio musicians here. Keith Burns has the wonderful documentary. Um, I forget what it, what the title is, but it's about Nashville and about yeah. the history of it. But 
Nashville was known as country, like, we had country artists here, and, and it was country because Tennessee, right. but we were known as a songwriting capital. We were known as a studio capital. Mm-hmm. That's what we were really known for, and there's always been, you know, the Beach Boys recorded here. I right. mean, it's just like, you know, there's so many different different artists that came to Nashville because of our studios and because of our accessibility yeah. to great studio musicians. And so it's like, again, if you move to Nashville, don't expect to just hear country because we got it yeah, all. 100%. But... But back to, to, to writing rooms and stuff, it's, it's really special. Um, I know once I was sitting down, um, I just had a cut with a great, great artist. Um, he's actually an actor as well, John Schneider. Okay, he yep. played uh, Bo Duke and Dukes of Hazard, and he's played a bunch of other stuff since. He was in Smallville for a while. Great, great actor. Um, but he also has released music his whole life. Yeah. And so recently he had um, his wife pass away for breast cancer. And so he's actually the founder of CMN, Children's Miracle Network. Okay. And so um, I met him through that, and we became friends, and you know we golfed together and all that sort of stuff. But just, just going golfing with Bo yeah. Duke. <laughs> You know, just like... <laughs> no, it's a, you should not see me on the golf course. I I'm an angry golfer. But... Oh, I, the the best I've done is uh, is top golf, and I can, <laughs> I can barely hit the balls. So. Uh, I've been playing since I was five. I'm not good, but I have fun. Um, but he, we were doing a charity event together, and he leaned over and said, "Hey, I have this idea, and I think I want to write it with you." And um, he told me the idea, and I'm like, man, I'd be honored. And so we scheduled a writing session when he got back in town because he lives in Louisiana. And um, he was recording his record. And so he had titles and stuff that he wanted, and it's it's an album to Alicia. So it's just this album, a just love album wow. towards his, his late wife. And so it was probably the most special writing session I've ever been in in my life because I brought in Marla Cannon who's you know great friend and um we knew we got the line when John would just look at us and start crying and it was like that's how you know it's special because I mean that right there is vulnerability that right there is just that's the beauty of music is we get to help him heal and we get to put his emotions and during this turbulent time into into a song and so that is just it's so special because you get to write with these artists and get to you know tap into that I mean in that situation, what it's like, what's it like for you to have someone? I mean, ultimately, the trust that he has in you to be like, I know, I like, I know what I want, and I need this song, and you're the person to write it when it's something that is so yeah. incredibly personal. I mean, I it, I would imagine there's a fair amount of pressure, but also the just knowing that someone whole it's yeah. an honor. I mean, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, genuinely, it is an honor to be able to be trusted that much. I mean, y'all listen to the song. Um, it's off of his, uh, I forget what the album is called, uh, but the song is called Why Did You Leave Me? And it's it's beautiful song. I'm so, so proud to be a part of it. But it is, it's truly special to just know that he trusted me enough to bring the title. Um, you know, he, he trusted me and Marla enough to, to open up his heart and be like, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is what, you know, I need in this song. And it's it's incredible that um, we got to share that pain with him. And we got to understand what he was feeling for a little bit and just kind of, again, help him heal, help right. be a part of his healing process. And um, y'all go check it out. Again, it's, it's a beautiful album full of just amazing songs. But no, I'm just, It's another link for the description. Yeah, it's please. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm honored to have a song on it and honored That's to have amazing. written that with him. But it's just, it's a special. Again, it all goes back to music as a type of medium that, that's like no other. And I mean, we yeah. get to, we get to connect. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's his specific story, but it's a story that many people know. And um, it was just an honor to be a part of it. 
I think when whenever you're writing stuff that is like you know again stuff that's so personal as much as personal as it is so many people yeah. everywhere like across the world people go through this every yeah. single day you know you have you yeah. have a heartbreak song or a song about losing someone and the nuances they're specific to you but that general meaning of the song it resonates with so many people and it, that's that's what makes it so like you know that song that's that's his song it but there's going to be people that yeah, hear it and it's it shows people that they're not alone and yeah. they're not their their troubles aren't as special mm-hmm. as they think because it's like yeah you might think that you're right. alone in the world but i swear there's right. somebody else who's going through the exact same thing that you're going yeah. through and you sit and you hear that song and you're exactly. like wait like they this person i don't know this person but they i've get never me. met them but they get it and yeah. it, it's like a little little bit it's of solace so in yeah and it's so funny might i add that you can go into a writing session writing that and then i have another cut with another artist called can't have my dog and it's the funniest song i've ever <laughs> wrote in my life and that just shows like it's so funny man you don't know what you're writing but again it's like whether you want a song that'll make you cry make you laugh make you smile like there's a song for that anywhere and it's it's just crazy that we get to be a part of that as songwriters and i hope that all the writers out there don't forget how special our job is and that we we get to do this for a living isn't that beautiful it is that is incredible and yeah it's i love it i love it i love it so do you see yourself um when you kind of look forward to your career um do you feel like you are heading although you have music out as an artist do you feel like songwriting and being a songwriter is kind of where you want to head or would you like to? I always want to straddle the line. So um, I love both. I love artistry. I love songwriting. And in the ideal world, I'd never give either of them up. I know personally, I shift back and forth. So um, how I kind of plan my years, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, depending on how just show season is going, um, I'll have months where I'm focused on writing, months where I'm focused on artistry, months where I'm focused on writing, like go back and forth. So I know in 2022, I didn't do as much writing as I did traveling. Cause I mean, I did 25 states, one different country playing shows. I had probably over a hundred different dates in different places and stuff, whether it be in town or out of town. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on the road, you know, every other week doing shows and everything, um, you don't have time for session writing sessions a lot. Right. So there'd be months where I'd have like maybe only one out of town show or like stuff like that. And then I get, I get, you know, songs done. But a lot of times, you know, I just had to to take that year kind of focusing more on artistry Mm -hmm. 2023 was the opposite i did not as much traveling i think i only did 17 states and stayed stayed. only only did 17 compared to 25 (laughs) um and and a lot of them were just like a couple days to come back sort of thing i did a lot more writing so uh i released a single last year called have to be and i was like in studio i was writing for this year i'm Mm -hmm. planning on releasing a bunch of more stuff artistry wise this year fantastic um, I'm doing a ton of house concerts, uh, which if you want to book a house concert, go to my social media page and you can figure out how to do that. Cause I'm doing a lot of house concerts and, uh, you know, traveling a lot and yeah. I'll post a line, like I'm going down to Florida next week. And so I'll post a line and see anybody on that, on that line wants to book a house concert. We can talk yeah. all this real stuff. So I just kind of go back and forth. 
again, I always want to straddle the line because songwriting is my heart. That is my, my love, my joy. I love, you know, not even being the artist in the room. I love writing for other artists, writing for sync, again, writing everything, but I also love performing and I love sharing those songs that I write and I love telling a story on stage. And, you know, I love, you know, being with my band and getting to, you know, to play shows and all this sort of stuff. So I always want to straddle that line. Okay. So I actually want to go and touch back on the house concert thing. Because I think that um, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have the space. I don't have the space for a house concert. You got a living room? There you go. So, you know, and I think uh, I know that people are like, oh, I'd love to do that. But like, I haven't really got like this and this and this. I mean, what do people Have you ever hosted a holiday mixer or party or anything at your house? A birthday party, you have a room for a house concert. There you go. It is is so much fun. Um, I know I have a blast doing it and um, I've I've done quite a few now. And again, I have all that information on my social media pages. Um, You can also sign up for my email list and I do constant promos about stuff. Um, Not constant, I'm not spammer. But um, (laughs) it is there uh, where you can, can look at the forums stuff like that to to book a house concert but it's it's so much fun because i know me as an artist it's so much fun to do an an intimate concert because i get to share stories i get to share you know i just get to sit down in front of a microphone and tell y'all about Mm -hmm. the industry and tell y'all about nashville tell you about my experiences you know the stuff that i've seen as an artist stuff that i've seen as a songwriter and it's truly like Full band shows are fun. Full band shows are great. Big shows are fun. But there's nothing like just sitting on a couch or sitting on a chair and just telling you how it is and telling you my story and just getting to play intimate. Like, just just play to y'all. And, yeah. I mean, play to that small that small crowd. And it's, it's so much fun. It's that personal connection exactly. again. Like you can, yes. You know, yeah. just a handful of people. Yeah. But you know that every single person in that room is listening like, and yeah yeah and I mean and it, it's also it's a lot less pressure for me as well because I know y'all just want a good time and I just want a good time and so I get to crack up with you if you have questions mm-hmm. I get to answer questions yeah. you know there's a lot of mysteries surrounding the music industry and I love to talk about the music industry and love to talk about you know my story my process my you know my experience with with being doing music professionally and it's super fun again I bring all my own sound system my own setup my own lights my own everything I sell merch all that sort of stuff so you get to keep something from from mm-hmm. the concert um and it's just a super fun way to host a get together but you get a little something interesting for there your you entertainment so all you got to do is just open the door when you arrive and yeah job, <laughs> job yeah done. I'm there yeah <laughs> So I have everything, but it's so much fun. I've been doing more and more. And again, I post lines. Um, I'm hoping to do that more this year where I'll just like, I'll have a show and then I'll say, hey, if you fall near this line where I'm heading down, like to Florida, uh, if you are in Georgia, like wherever you are on that line and you want to book a concert, just let me know and then we'll talk and, you know, see if it's a good fit or not. But um, it's so much fun. Again, I I have a blast doing it. It's it's a it's so much fun. I just get to hang out with people. I love that. So you have a dog, extra bonus points because I will be distracted by your doggo the whole entire time because I love dogs so much. So. (laughs) Hey, it's actually just a dog sitter. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you go out for the night. Hire Ava. Job done. Yeah. <laughs> I love dogs. So uh, I'm going to circle back around to this Kelly Clarkson thing one more time. Yeah. Yeah. All those years ago, who'd have thought that? Fast forward to now. Um, I'd see her again. Did something super exciting. Yeah, I was just on her show, the Kelly Clarkson show. Yeah, it was a total full circle moment. Um, 
I, I had a contact uh, to one of her producers, and so I sent a, a video in, and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you on. And so um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know. was like, oh, God, would she remember me? Would she like me? I remember her being super nice, uh, but it was just like, you know, I, I don't know. As soon as I walked on set, she just, like, she was getting her hair and makeup, like, touched up and stuff because I did a segment before me. And then she's just like, oh, my God, Ava, so good to see you. And she ran up and hugged me. And I was just like, oh, my God, what an amazing person. But um, we just got to sit and talk. I mean, the producers even warned me, just like, hey, by the way, just letting you know, we do have a time limit. So uh, if she goes on a side tangent, just know that, like, you need to reel her back in. <laughs> and so I'm like, you get two Southern women talking about Stuff. I don't know if you're ever going to get us yeah, to shut no, up. This is Shoot. going on. You, can we just extend the show <laughs> yes. just for this episode? In fact, does anyone else even need to be on this? Just me and Kelly. Yeah. We're good. Oh my gosh. Nah, it was a hoot. Uh, she's an absolutely amazing person. Um, during like all the commercial breaks, she's just like, we just talk about random stuff and be like, okay, back to interview style. But it was so much fun. I mean, the guys over at the Kelly Clarkson show and 30 Rock Alone was just amazing to, to see. And just like, hi, Jimmy Fallon. Bye, Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Um, one of those moments. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, because that crowd goes to Fallon after us. And so it was kind of cool to see. But, man, it was amazing. She's so sweet, so kind. Again, what a full circle moment. She's the reason I got into the music industry. And then at the end, she gifted me a Turks and Caicos trip. So I get to host a writer's retreat. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I know the music industry can get a little stressful. And sometimes you need to take a break for your creative process. So we're sending you and three of your your writer friends down to Turks and Caicos for three nights and four days. Amazing. So, yeah, I get to call, like, three of my writer buddies and be like, hey, you want to go down to (laughs) it? What are you doing next week at night? Exactly. (laughs) No, but um, but you know, you've you've earned it as well. I mean, and you. honestly, I I really hope that people just listening to this can hear it because you are so tuned in to the industry. More honestly, I think more than a lot of people. Like you, I just love it. You are, and it comes across. It shows, and and everything you've got, you've got because you have worked your butt off for it. Um. So I'm glad that, you know, you get these experiences and that, you know, they pay off. And it it also goes to show that hard work does pay off. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I know one of the things in the, in the in the industry that makes me very mad and gets a lot of musicians disheartened, including myself, is there is a lot of luck for the music industry. That is that is a thing that I will not deny. Anyone mm-hmm. who denies it is in denial. Um, but. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That is a motto that I've lived by my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And it truly shows where, yeah, the music industry is a lot about luck. The music industry is a lot about the right note in the right year at the right time. But it is your job to put yourself in those scenarios where the right note can enter the right ear at the right time. So it's like if anybody ever tells you, you know, oh, you're just luck based. No, God, there's so much that goes into putting yourself in those those circumstances where you can be hurt. And so if anybody out there, again, is wanting to pursue the music industry and wanting to go into it, it's a daunting industry. It looks very intimidating from the inside out. But the best thing I can tell you is just to start, just to just to go, just to put your whole heart into it. And again, work hard because that yeah. that hard work and that effort will set you apart for anything else. Well, and uh, I for the life of me, I cannot remember it off the top of my head, but uh, if you guys go back and listen to the Tommy Harden episode, which is going to be episode three, um, he he gave me an acronym for luck, and I, f- off the top of my head, it has completely escaped me, but it uh. was about the fact that 
yes, luck is involved, but yeah. you have to put yourself in exactly. the way of it. Lanny Wilson got a little lucky with her manager, but she put in the work yeah. for 11 years. So it's like luck doesn't happen. You know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Mm-mm. There is hours upon hours upon years of work yeah. that is put into these that put it in these circumstances so that you can call them lucky. Yeah. And so it's, it's again, it, it looks daunting from the inside out, but you just got to put in the hard work and, you know, just, just, just work at it. 100%. Yeah. So uh, just last thing I want to touch on uh, any music you have coming out. Um, yeah, so I, I released a single a couple months ago. I actually performed it on the on the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, it's called Have to Be. It's a little bit about my cancer journey and my story. I've played it at a lot of cancer organizations. And so I kind of wrote it for my fellow warriors, but also anybody who's going through anything. I mean, you know, 2020 was a rough year for all of us, and that's when I wrote that song. And so I was very, like, it's, I'm so proud to release it. And uh, it's out there on all streaming platforms, including Apple Music and Tidal and Spotify. Well, um, <coughs> Spotify. Um, no, but it, it's out everywhere. You can go check it out. Um, I also have a merch for it, so you can go get that on my merch shop and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you look up at Ava Page Music, A V A P A I G Music, I know it'll also be linked. Yeah, I'm throwing um, them all in. Oh yeah, this is going to be the longest description of any of my <laughs> podcast episodes. We're just going to have all links. the links and click on every single. Now, link. a lot of them is like if so. If you go to my social media and you'll see a link tree, it's usually all there. So like that'll have everything listed. But um. I have some really cool plans for 2024. I'm excited. I have some stuff on the lineup to be released. Turks and cake. Yeah, including that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm teasing a bunch of stuff on the TikToks and Instagrams and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see how it goes. But I have a, a little bit of a timeline that I'm hoping to follow this year of, okay. of, of music released. But we'll see what happens. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm really excited to see, to see what you come out with. And like I say, I mean, you've, you've clearly worked incredibly hard and and i wish you all the best for for 2024 and beyond thank you yeah Um, i just keep doing what i love yeah guys book some house concerts uh if you are anywhere that ava happens to be playing show up buy all of the merch or if you just need a dog sitter or if you just (laughs) so actually tomorrow night Um, thank you so much for coming in. This has been a pleasure, honestly. I, I really appreciate it. Um, everyone, we are going to be back next week with another brand new episode. I cannot wait. Come back and join us if you haven't already. Like, follow, share, all the jazz and all the country. I don't know, what am I saying? Who knows? Let's do it. We'll see you again next week. Ava, thank you so much. I'll just cut the au revoir out because that was weird. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Recorded at 2300 Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Original theme music by Gary Wood.